We're back, baby. Now, if you're listening to this week to week, uh, which is the only option, you never know we were gone. Uh, but Justin, you and I got to go to Texas. Woo! Yeehaw! Now, I've been that. to Texas one time when I was a kid. Uh, I remember it, but I don't like remember it. You know, like I wasn't able to like really like understand like I'm in Texas. Things are different here, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but you've been to Texas before. For context, we went to celebrate you. Thank you. For your bachelor's party. Yes. Is it bachelor's party or bachelor party? Bachelor. I said bachelor party, but you can add the extra bachelor because there's probably it's bachelor. How many syllables is it? One, two, no, three. No, I'm saying like bachelor. Bachelor's. Bachelor's. Like possessive party, bachelor party, bachelor's party. I don't know. I mean, uh, we. I think it, considering there were multiple bachelors there and a couple of hooked ones, it, mm. was, it was pretty equal actually. It was a bachelor and bachelor's party. Got it. So um, we went to Texas. You've. Been, I imagine you've been to Texas before, which is why you wanted to go. Uh, this is a sad a fact. I just did in my head right now. Texas is the, other than Illinois, the state I've been to the third most. Why is Um, that a sad fact? Because it's Texas. You you don't like, wait, you don't like Texas? Well, no, it's just like, it seems like out of all the other states, it has to be Texas. You know, like, that seems like an odd, like, doesn't that seem insane to you? Like, like, do do I look like someone who'd frequent Texas? Look at me. I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm asking, right? Like, so what, what? I guess my question for you, why Texas? Well, Wisconsin was number one. Indiana is, because my family's from Wisconsin. Indiana is number two. Oddly enough, wearing a Hoosiers hoodie right now. Did not plan this. I was cold and I put it on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Texas from, uh, I've been to Austin three times. I've been to Dallas four times. Okay. Um, So like between that, it's just been a frequent destination for for me to go. Sometimes by accident, I guess. So yeah, I've been there. That probably tells you more about my travel, <laughs> I guess. Like traveling than anything. So can I tell you something I was impressed by uh, that I did? I guess I didn't like. Know, I I know things about Texas, right? Like I know things about Texas, um, but like the way I always think of it, like I always assumed that that there were stereotypes about it that like weren't true. You know what I mean? Um, for example. Uh, if you took 10 people at random walking, just walking the streets of Texas, one or two of them will be wearing cowboy hats unironically. And <laughs> I love that. I <laughs> truly cannot express to you how much I love that. Um, I also didn't under, like, I knew, like, you know, I've heard Southern accents before, uh, but I guess nothing really prepared me for like really hearing one coming out of a person that isn't like doing a little voice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's not a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, was it a missed opportunity that we didn't wear t- uh, cowboy hats? See, I was thinking of that. Um, and no, it's not. I, I don't think so. Like, yeah. uh, like I think it would have been worse if we wore cowboy hats because <laughs> it would have just felt like we were a posse. Like it'd be yeah, like in Red true. Dead. I'm gonna make a reference to Red Dead Two that you're not gonna get, but there's literally a moment when you like you ride up on a plantation, and it's like oh. one of the coolest moments <laughs> in like a video game in terms of just visual style. Um, sure. We could have recreated that, but it would have felt not authentic because look at us. You know, I meant to. I've been meaning to play that at some point, but I. It's long, right? It's like sixty hours, right? 
it's as long as you like that's not a game you rush you will hate that game if you rush it but if you're just like you know what i'm gonna be a cowboy for like you know 70 hours and it's fine (laughs) okay because so, like I, I do want to so play good. it it's just it's never felt like the right time you know what i mean and with the, with the way that like big releases have started sort of started stretching from like october through march at this point like when's a good time i guess the summer but yeah even then it's like when but there you can go to new austin in in red dead in red dead yeah and like it's a, you can go to new orleans too not new orleans like too, like as well not New Orleans. There's the not a second one. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest, I did. I did not know if that was like. <laughs> I, I I appreciate the clarification. <laughs> I think, yeah, I just figured. I was very. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, we also were in Austin, um, and like we technically were like 40 minutes out of Austin in Spicewood, which started to become much more of the Texas that I yes. think you you picture in the stereotypes of Texas. Austin yeah. is much more just like city. Like it's it's not like it doesn't feel like you're in a different place than where we're sure. from now really i mean yeah you get the accents and stuff like that but austin is like pretty similar to like where we're from yeah and that's like the other thing that i was surprised about like in the in terms of like an urban area like it felt like very much like here but then as soon as you leave the you know the the city it is like whoa you're yeah. not in the desert necessarily but you are definitely not in illinois yeah, like there wasn't like there there wasn't a Starbucks within ten minutes of where we were staying. No, we got the was it Lucky Dog Yellow Dog Luck, Yellow uh, Lab coffee? It was it was Yellow Dog Yellow Lucky Dog. Was it Lucky Dog? I took a picture because it had a dog in it, and I'm very very predictable um, when you're thinking about <laughs> that. Actually, makes sense. there is a dog. I will take a picture of it. Um, I think it's Lucky Dog because I can't tell because this picture. Um, it uh, let me get in there. Um, yeah, that's the, just a dog. Yeah, it's a cute little dog, but it, but it's like biting the name of it, um, and it's like I see the Y dog is what I see, so I would assume it's Lucky Dog, but well, hey, shout out Lucky Dog or Yellow Dog Coffee, whatever you were called. <laughs> uh, I didn't have any because I I didn't need any coffee. I was uh, sorry. I like to wake up naturally. Oh, oh circadian rhythm. The Texas, <laughs> the Texas crows got you. The buzzer that lived outside our house. Yeah, and I and I was just sleeping super well and super long. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my my rhythm was great. It's hitbox. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 114 my name is peter hunt spitek joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin magovich how you doing man you're, you're doing the texas double gun up in there weren't uh, i you? guess i sort of was wasn't i yeah yeah um no i'm doing i'm doing great uh i gotta say today i was not overly exhausted tomorrow it put put bets on this one i will be just done <laughs> you didn't crash like last night <laughs> oh no, I didn't cry. like I mean I went to bed but like I woke up in the morning and I'm like all right I'm energized I'm ready to go to work again um and then you automatically re- like regret thinking that once you're at work but like I still was like energetic and fine but tomorrow though that's when the reality will hit in the the adrenaline the fun will be gone so I will I will be uh dragging my knuckles tomorrow 
Well, I'm glad that you're not dragging those nucks here. I didn't like how I said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I, I was already questionable when I said it, and then that just confirmed it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're going to be talking about some news, uh, a look at what's coming up. Bayonetta voice actress calls for a boycott of Bayonetta 3. Despite issues, Overwatch 2 has had a highly successful launch, and Nintendo and Microsoft are raking in billions of dollars from their live service offerings. We'll get to all that and much more. Before we do, I want to remind you, if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon.com slash HitboxPod, you can do so by heading over to that link. It'll be in the description. It's also, I just read, it's really easy. Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. Um, become a $1 podcast producer, get your name read in the episode, or become a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, Dave Parker for shout out in the show, obviously, and then also an additional 30-minute bonus episode every single week. It's just $3. That would, that would help us keep the lights on. If not, all good. Go ahead and join us on Discord. Link to that is also in the description of this episode. I have a 7 word review from <gasps> our discord here that i wrote near automata end of the or hot edition become as drifting nintendo switch joy cons <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, how many of your joy cons drift now uh so four total I, i've only ever owned six um but uh wh- the first pair that i had um definitely like 100 without a doubt drift um and then the second pair that i recently sort of switched out when i got the oled Dang. Uh, lol yeah when i got the oled um had their moments but like they're not lost yet you know what i mean Um, yeah yeah most most every one of mine has some sort of drift uh and it's unfortunate it's bad like come on the oled was like maybe new design maybe they got a little bit of improvement nope it feels like those ones died quicker than anything and even my my last my legend of zelda ones they're gone now they've i'm so sorry i'm so so sorry um if if you don't want to join us on discord all good follow us on twitter at hitboxpod um the the options are limitless um obviously there's like only four but it feels like there's limitless options for you to know what we're doing follow the show and give us support justin before we talk about news you want to talk about the metacritic scores from this week let's do it metacritic First thing we got going on in the Metacritic Roundup today, uh, which is actually kind of hefty. I imagine it might be this way for the next few weeks uh, as things really start ramping up. Um, But we've got four things here. Uh, The first one is a Plague Tale Requiem. Um, On Xbox Series X, it's got an 85. On PS5, an 84. And PC, an 81. Uh, Most reviewers are talking about how this is a stunning looking game. Um, with a really with really solid mechanics and a, like a definite step up from the original Plague Tale Innocence, um, but that it has had some pretty sizable performance issues um, on both consoles and PC um, that like to the point where, you know, you're dropping pretty, pretty low in terms of frame rate. Um, it, I, I've seen that it doesn't really even get that far above 30 FPS on consoles or anything like that, um, which isn't like necessarily a negative thing on its own, but um, that can certainly be a roadblock for some people. Um, but what do you think? Because I know that you, this is one of your like anticipated games from this year. Have you, have you thought about how these reviews feel at all? Um, I mean, I, to say that it's more Plague Tale, it's hard for me to tell what that means. 
I think that's a, that's probably one of the most disappointing things you can hear. Like, let's pretend God of War comes out tomorrow, and they say it's more God of War. That's not that it's going to be bad, right? It's right. that you want it to take that next step. You want it to be like the plus one to what it was. But for it just to be a more polished, better version of the same game that, at least in this case, I didn't think was perfect. God of War, maybe we could have that discussion that I thought it was closer to being perfect than, than not. But... I think this game had the opportunity to become a special game um, by having uh, the sequel come out. And it just looks like it's not quite that special experience I was hoping it would be. But it mm. seems like it'll be a good, beautiful looking experience. No, that's that's super fair. Uh, this, so this is launching. I mean, like I said, we've got PC, uh, PC PS5 and Xbox. And I think it's launching day one on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, are you going to be picking this up at all? Like I imagine on Game Pass. It'll be hard. Like this, I'm just at a weird spot of the next couple weeks. It might open up in once November starts, but it's been really hard for me to sit down by a console lately. Um, So I do not foresee this being like the next thing I pick up and like just sit down to uh, play on my TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm definitely wanting to play this before game of the year discussions. Not that I'm expecting it to be part of game of the year. But one thing about this game that I think is going to make it stand out are just the environments to it. Like it is a very pretty looking game. Um, Though I do have to say when looking at the more footage I watch of it, um, the more I, I see it's character models aren't necessarily super pretty as compared to the rest of it yes i i read uh, or I, I listened to skill ups review he's a youtuber um and he talked about how like you know the the environments are gorgeous and and it looks great pretty much everywhere except for the faces they feel a little stiff the you know the vo is is great but um, the performance, like the actual like capture doesn't look super solid or it looks a little stiff, um, which I can imagine feels a little jarring in a game that like looks really nice in terms of its environments. But the people just aren't totally there yet. That said, I mean, what is this team? Asobo is the yeah, Asobo studio. Um, they're not a triple A studio to my understanding. They're they're pretty small still. So the fact that they're able to get such great uh, environments, I think, is still a feat. But oh, yeah, I, I agree. And like. Um, it's like uh, I, I was talking before we started recording about how I first played this game after The Last of Us Part Two, and The Last of Us yeah. Part Two is like a masterclass in animation, mm. graphics, everything. And when I played the original, which I think came out, uh, when did the first play come out? Twenty nineteen, I'm gonna 20, say. So if it came out in 2019, that was a year before <laughs> Last of Us Part Two, and like playing it immediately after hurt it for me because the Last of Us Part Two is so beautiful and this game was not. But then like looking back at it, people are like, "No, it's good. Like it was a good looking game. You're just you just literally played the only other game next to it that would make it look bad." Yeah. Um, but like this one just wasn't that generational jump. I guess in gameplay plus in its actual like. Um, just overall like graphical design too but that's mm-hmm. also a pretty big deal like a game like this that i would consider to be a pretty weighty single player kind of game that i like three years after the original came out for them to come up with a sequel like that's pretty impressive right and and it seems like it's a pretty substantial sequel to my understanding the first game was like a 10 hour sort of experience would you say that was about right yeah like 10 yeah n- not much more than that it was like a little brief but not for the like i don't mind that yeah, uh, people are saying this is like twenty. So like yeah. to have a, an experience that's like double that size, um, and yeah, such a such a quick turnaround, I think is pretty impressive. Um, I will say I, I heard and, and like I guess 
what is a spoiler anymore? This isn't a spoiler. Y'all, if you're mad about this, <laughs> find other things to be mad about. <laughs> um, so the first, the first game takes place in France, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. I believe so. Like, like real-ass country France? Yeah. Uh, apparently, this game takes place in just a made-up play, like a made-up country, <laughs> oh. which like is a little weird because you you take, I don't know. I think this kind of compelling, interesting thing about talking about the plague in you know France specifically, like I don't know, I've never seen that as a setting in anything. Like that's kind of cool, and then just make up some fantasy world. Like hey, you know, not the end of the world. I like fantasy worlds, but to go from a like grounded, not grounded, but a an interesting setting that I've never seen before to just a fake place that is fake, but you don't really have to think about. Uh, I think it seems a little disappointing for that, but like all in all, I think this looks pretty good. I'll probably pick this up. I don't know if it's going to be this weekend, but like, still looks good. Well, I do plan on playing the first one first. Nope. (laughs) Who's got the time? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, I wonder what that's going to do to the story for you a little bit, just considering it does seem to be, I, I don't know if it's like, you know, a direct like continuation of the story in terms of like character growth and development. I'm sure it is to a certain point, but I mean, it kind of seems to be like picking up pretty right after the other game in terms of like where the characters are at. Yeah, I yeah, I don't I'm not super sure about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to play it. Just probably won't be right now. Wish it scored better for my fantasy team. Uh, it, when I fir- we first looked, it was like a 79. And I was like, come yeah, on, was man. Like, Trek to Yomi's not a 72. That's what I keep going back to. Um, and how is Trek to Yomi like a point better than Strangers of Paradise? Like that to me is a crime that I'm going to keep repeating over and over again until someone agrees with me. They bring that score up and I win fantasy. Justin, I agree with you. Uh, up until this past week, Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy Origin was my least favorite video game I played all year. Um, although it still might be, I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> we'll, a we'll tease. Talk about that a bit. <laughs> we certainly will. Uh, next game here we have uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. It's on the Switch. It's got an 85. I am personally not surprised by this performing well at all. Um, the first Mario and Rabbids scored really well, I think. Um, I th- to my understanding, it was a surprising like. Hey, this is really good on the Switch. It, it, when, like, you say, like, okay, we're gonna do a Mario game, and it's gonna be with the Rabbids, which everyone loves. Um, it was I'm being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> like we're, we're doing, we're doing we Mario. Love Ubisoft we're gonna, too. Ubisoft is our favorite, right? And we're gonna make this a tactical like shooter. Uh, it's just, and, it's an odd. Yeah, what's that? Oh, I was gonna say, and uh, Nintendo's not the one doing it, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, it's just, it's just such an odd like combination of things that, like, if you told me, like, yeah, it was terrible, I would probably believe. But the fact that it was so remarkably good um, was surprising, and the fact that this is so remarkably good to me then is not as a result of all that. Uh, you played the first one, didn't you? I have not. Yeah, uh, I mean, the first one's good. Um, it comes down to it being a uh, tactics game to a certain point. Uh, so if you like. The original. If you like a tactics game, I mm-hmm. think this is a fun one. Um, I, I I go with the line that I'm a pretty bad gamer at times. I feel like there's some 
part of it that was a little overwhelming with how much many options you had with like your characters and what your move sets were and where you went. But I think yeah. that's just that's part of the genre that can be overwhelming no matter what one you're playing. And I mean, you're playing with little cute rabbits who are pretending they're cosplaying as Mario characters half the time, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, like it's cute. Um, and uh, I, I liked it. I, I just checked the Metacritic score that also was scoring in 85 as well. So right okay. now they're they're both kind of uh, tied similarly. Um, but from this new one, the big difference is that it's still technically a tactics game, but it's not the same grid-based tactics game as you're used to with, uh, like, a you know, Fire Emblem or a SOCOM kind of game. It's much more like when you're walking around, you can kind of move freely amongst the environment. There are kind of limits where, but it's not like I have to move three squares up or I can move five squares with my movement phase. Sure. Um, it's a lot more kind of freeform with that. Like, I think there's probably still... I'm sure there's still some sort of grid playing on here, but it's not as like apparent. It feels more like you're just exploring the environment as your character for your move um, and then doing different moves as well. And speaking of the overwhelming, not only can you uh, like do choose different characters that have vastly different move sets, you could attach your sparks to them, which gives your uh, rabbit or Mario character like even more oper- like t- types of moves that are different and things like that. So there's just almost so many choices with this kind of stuff that for me mm-hmm. as a gamer, it can be overwhelming. But I know that there are plenty of tactics people who love this kind of stuff and to have that kind of customization uh, ability and things I think is going going to make people very happy plus the thing that i think not enough people talk about i said yeah it's a tactics game that's how the main story gameplay is but between the actual battles that you have uh are a ton of world puzzles that almost feel like a different type of mario game with the types of puzzles you're solving and it seems like this game has more of that um if not even more of that than the last game uh, and the, the puzzles are just kind of fun. Like you have to like, you know, a lot of block moving, a lot of jump pad stuff, but like, there's also like hidden things throughout the environments that you find. So it just like breaks up the gameplay enough. So it's not like tactic battle, tactic battle, tactic battle. It's tactic battle, then kind of free move around the open world, explore a little bit, do some stuff, then get to another tactic battle and then do a little bit more exploring, do some puzzle solving, another tactic battle. So there's really a lot of content here. And I think like the game is running like, you know, 25, 30 hours, um, not even for a hundred percent run, just for like, kind of like doing a, a pretty, uh, a, decent sized uh, completion of the game so if you like game if you like video games if you like tactics if you like mario if you like rabbits if you like ubisoft if you hate ubisoft if you like nintendo if you like running around if you like jumping if you like coins or something in this game for you i'm sure well that was that made a lot of sense at the end there so i'm <laughs> so thanks it for all that came together <laughs> um are you gonna pick this up you think uh, this the, the only reason I bought the other one because the sale was like, do you we'll give you five bucks to play this game? And I was like, sure. Um, it was it was like some like like fifteen dollar deal. Um, and this game is a not a first party game, so you know what that means, friends. There will be uh, sales. I was gonna say, and it's a Ubisoft game, <laughs> yeah. and like those games are like dirt cheap like a day after after they right, launch right right so i'm sure eventually like and, and i hate to say this right and this is not this is not uh indicative of the quality of the game this is me as a gamer though um i, I am interested in this game but not necessarily enough to play it 
to completion and feeling like I have to do that because I bought it at full price. So uh, this is a, a, a perfect game to buy when it comes on sale later, maybe even Black Friday. If it's like maybe $30, $40, I'm like, it's time to get this. But we'll see. It looks cool, but not my number one genre. And uh, it's not like it's like a fire emblem when I get to like, you know, run around and fish between missions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, what is it about a fishing mini game that makes a game just that much better? Uh, except when it's near a replicant and it really almost breaks you. Yeah, and you need for the really almost breaks you. Yeah, it almost broke me. That one did. Yeah, I love near. We're gonna talk about near later. Um, uh, next up here on the Metacritic Roundup uh, is Persona Five Royal. This finally released on uh, multiple platforms, or I guess is releasing on multiple platforms because I don't think it's out yet. I think it's out later this week. Um, but on the Xbox Series X, it got a 95. On the Switch, it got a 93. And on PC, a 97. Uh, damn, those are high scores. <laughs> those are like really high scores. Um, to my understanding, like I'm not surprised that it scored well on PC and Xbox. They're, they apparently didn't give out any PS5 codes. Um, my real interest in this was about the Switch because that is a game that that is a console that just doesn't run as well right um and and so like i I don't know i was interested to see if there were any like sort of technical hiccups or anything although you know persona 5 um did launch on the ps3 so you'd hope that the switch would be able to at least be able to run things like that um but yeah pretty much unrelenting praise uh wherever you can find it um i don't know does that surprise you at all no, I mean, the the thing, uh, I've seen this in a couple of reviews, but this one specific one by Poctic Tactics Gaming uh, mentions that there are, it's some downscales, visuals, and performance, but other than that, it's pretty, pretty on point. Um, but yeah, it's a Switch. It's going to probably have to be a little downscaled, friends. And guess what? I don't care, because I get to play it on my bed. I get to play it um, in, on my couch. I get to play it um, on a plane. I get to play it anywhere I can play a switch easily accessibly and happily i imagine you're picking this up i, I almost pick it up. i i would have it would have been purchased right now if it wasn't uh for the fact that uh it doesn't come out yet <laughs> hey we've got three days until that happens so we got yes, yes, but yes. um yeah uh i am trying not to think about the fact that this is on game pass because <laughs> i want to play it again um but i don't have the time uh, and what am I going to learn about it? That it's really good? I already know that. I played it twice. Not really twice. Like well, once well, the well, vanilla version, then once. Uh, we need to put a, like a Twitter poll up um, about like how long it's going to take before you actually buy it for another system or start playing it again. Uh, I would buy it for the Switch, to be entirely honest with you. Like the fact that it's portable is like enough to get me going. The next I, I Bachelor the Party. Gym. The next okay. Bachelor Party. Wait, yeah, wait, yeah. even before that, you were talking about the gym. You go daily. Okay, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Uh, yeah, over like under. one hour at a time. That's actually Stay. not terrible. <laughs> 100 not days? Get your gains, man. Get your gains. <laughs> uh, last thing here is Scorn. Scorn, this is the H.R. Geiger-inspired um, puzzle horror game, puzzle horror shooter game um, that launched... Uh, this past weekend uh, on PC and Xbox, it's on Game Pass. 
Um, it has a 72 on Metacritic for PC. There are no Xbox. Oh, yes, there is. And a 70, uh, 72 on Xbox Series X. Um, so I actually have played Scorn all the way through. I did it for IGN.com. Uh, I did the video guide for it. So I did a full walkthrough. Uh, if you know exactly where you're going, this game can be beaten in like two hours. Um, oh. It took me about it took me about six to do in a regular playthrough of just like wandering through and trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but I, I imagine that like you could probably do this in closer to four. Um, wait, what was my end? It was tough because it was hard for me to understand my playtime because like I was doing two simultaneous playthroughs. But it was between four and six hours that it took me um, to like play through it naturally. Um, uh, I hate this game. <laughs> uh, I think I think. Uh, this game sucks really bad. <laughs> okay. I um, <laughs> uh, wasn't quite expecting that. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's it's not good. Um, I it, it sort of seems people seem to sort of be torn on it as to whether or not they think it's awesome Scorned or terrible on it. <laughs> <laughs> I played on PC for what it's worth, uh, and I didn't really have a whole lot of um, performance issues, although there were some. Um, but I, I think that like. It is gross, right? And that's a strike against it for me. But it, it, like, if that's you know your game's thing, like if you're really committing to this weird like body horror esque like th- aesthetic and whatever, like I can certainly respect that. Um, but I think you need more to a video game than just that. And I think the puzzles are really tedious um, and like not fun. You tip- you tend to know what you need to do for a puzzle. Um, much longer than it takes you to actually complete the puzzle, which I think is a really big, um, like, I I think that's a really big red flag for me uh, in a puzzle game. Um, The combat is maybe... I mean, it's it's fucking awful, man. I don't know how to say, like, it's really fucking bad without just saying, like, it's really fucking bad. Um, It's really clunky. It's really slow. Your enemies hit you way faster than you can uh, hit them. They are super accurate, uh, at long range and at short range, there are guns in it, but the like the guns deal a lot of damage, but you just don't have any ammo for them. Um, and then the like melee attack that you have is really, really slow, first of all. And second of all, it um, it'll take like five or six hits to take down one of the like basic enemy types. And like I said, since they're just like constantly attacking you and you're basically just like strafing around them trying to like position yourself between like a small pillar so that like you're not getting hurt uh while your like melee attack is recharging it just sucks i i really really don't recommend this game to anyone other unless you like really like hr geiger and like that sort of visual stuff but hey it's also on game pass so you know check so it out, I guess. so um what i i what are people like from what you've read from other people what are they liking about it like what what are the the good qualities of it if anything because i mean like it's it's getting like a 72 so there there's something going on with it is there anything that you can see that's redeemable in it its visuals are striking like don't get me wrong like it is a very well realized version of like hr geiger stuff and then who's that who's that polish artist that also like inspired a lot of like the medium stuff i'm, I'm forget, forgetting his name and i'm not really sure how to search him in this exact moment in time um but like it is extremely good at emulating that sort of look um so like if that's your thing and that is a lot of people's thing right um th- then you're gonna like this i think 
the problem is I just don't think that there's enough to it to make it really good. Um, I don't think, like I said, I just don't think it's puzzles are particularly like satisfying. I could, I guess I can imagine if you want to like walk around and like, if you don't mind being sort of stuck on a puzzle as you explore a space, like, I guess that's fine, but it's just, it's not for me. Um, there is some stuff in this game that I never, um, thought I'd see in a video game. <laughs> Uh, in terms of like really graphic violence and like sex stuff. Um, (laughs) so, okay. Yeah. I like if if I can speak candidly for a second, uh, I, I think that this game should have a content warning in terms of like sexual violence. Uh, there's not like, Hmm. Uh, I guess here's a spoiler. Uh, but it's also like it's a completely out of context spoiler because there is really no context for this that I was able to like gleam. Um, there is what I would consider a like mechanical rape scene in terms of you hook yourself up to this machine and then this tube comes down from above and you look down and your guy just has like a rock hard dick. <laughs> And then the tube attaches itself to your penis and starts uh, jerking you off. Gosh, this is a children's show. It's fucking not. Uh, <laughs> but like uh, that happens and like it was very unexpe- unexpected. And like, I don't think that your character thinks that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like it's kind of a shock. And then some other gruesome stuff happens to you. Um, but like. I don't know. I found that to be pretty upsetting, like really out of the blue. Like it just happens very suddenly. Um, and I think that this game should have some sort of content warning saying, Hey, just so you know, there's some, uh, weird sex stuff that happens that may or may not be consensual. It's like not super clear. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound great. Um, so with, with that, um, what this is clearly rated like mature, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just gonna pull up the ESRB rating of Scorn just to kind of see uh, what that is, because I think that is like one of those important things, um, like just to know, uh, like when you're playing a video game and stuff like that. But I guess that's kind of a, a larger discussion about content warnings and stuff like that. How much should you need to know before you go into a game? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just looked it up on ESRB. Uh, it does not have one. Like a description? It, do- it doesn't show up when you search it. I'm going to yeah. click on it right here on the Xbox website. Um, enter your birthday. Uh, yeah, because, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that there's really any context for it that you can provide that is going to like really go like, Oh, that was first of all necessary. But also like, I just, I simply don't understand like what it was meant to do or say or anything like that. And Hey, maybe I'm just not that smart. You know what I mean? Like maybe I missed the point. Um, oh, okay. Uh, it is rated M for blood and gore, intense violence, partial nudity, sexual themes, uh, that it's not partial nudity. It is just straight up a dick. Like it is just, a dick um yeah i don't know like i and that's not even what i like i i didn't love that part and i don't i think that that should have had some sort of warning to it but like i that's not even why i don't like the game like i just think that it's it's like gross to be gross and edgy to be edgy without really saying anything without really like having much like 
there's no context for any of like the horrible, horrific acts that happen. I don't think, um, maybe there is, you know, like, but there's no text in the game. There's no, there's no dialogue. Um, it's, you're just like wandering around this abandoned city basically. Um, and I don't really even know like what you're trying to accomplish. And at the end, it seems like you get really close to accomplishing something, but like, I, it's just so unclear as to what it is. I don't know. Like, I would love to talk with someone who like got something out of this game because apparently people are, but uh, I just don't think that the mechanics are fun. I think the puzzles are boring. I think the uh, combat is terrible and uh, it looks really nice, but that's not enough for me to enjoy a video game. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that is a, a, it's very interesting. I didn't even know it was a puzzle game necessarily. Like when I first heard about it too, I just thought it was kind of like one of those like environmental walking kind of things, but. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, also in all the trailers, it makes it look kind of like a shooter and it's like super, super not a shooter. Um, there is shooting in it, but like y- you can hold like five bullets at a time or something like that. And, and like, it is not, it is not a shooter in really any, any sense, but um I guess there you go. That's scorn. Uh, it's on game pass though. So like if you're interested in picking it up, like you, you know, you can do it for free if you've got game pass. But, uh, I, if, if, let me say this, if the HR Geiger stuff sounds interesting to you, play it until you get to combat. Combat starts in like chapter two out of five. And then like, if you are bouncing off the combat, I would in like really, really disliking it in the way that I did. Um, then I'd say, quit it because you've seen already like all there is to see or like watch a video about it on youtube or something like that um because also the checkpoint system is terrible uh, sometimes you'll get set back like i'm not kidding five minutes uh, um, uh, for, uh, for uh, a combat uh. that is dreadful and awful and like it's not the sort of thing where you feel like you're scraping by by the skin of your teeth when you finish a combat uh, section you kind of go like well th- I-, I don't know how i did that because that was just awful but yeah, scorn. There you go. Um, by the way, that Polish uh, artist and photographer was Zdzislaw Beksinski. Okay, there you go. So I found it. Didn't pronounce it right, but I found it. I appreciate the effort, Justin. <laughs> um, have you played anything new? Uh, no, I, I really I haven't had super, super much time uh, to play anything new because, you know, uh, busyness life. But um, uh, I got a pro controller. That was my uh, for the first time for Nintendo for the switch. Oh, did you really? Yeah, that was the first time I got it. It's a nice little controller. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty good. I think it yeah. um, I think it's a dramatic step up from the Joy-Con. <laughs> Oh yeah, I so I stress tested it by playing that one level of Splatoon three that I had a lot of trouble with. Yeah. Um, and while I didn't beat it on my first time, I got to the bullshit part that really is not about skill but kind of luck and, and right aiming thing. Uh, mm. But I got there so much easier, um, so much easier with a legitimate joystick. Yeah, I think having like the full range of motion as opposed to like halved uh, is pretty huge for something yeah. like that. But yeah. um, you want to talk about the news? Let's do it. <laughs> We're going to start here by talking about Bayonetta. Um, Bayonetta 3 releases later this week um, to the excitement of many. However, um, actress uh, Helena Taylor uh, came forward and uh, Helena Taylor is the voice for Bayonetta and Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2. And it was revealed at some point. I'm trying to remember when this was that she would not be voicing um, 
Bayonetta in the third game. And then I think just a few weeks ago we found out, hey, it is um, uh, going to be uh, what's her name? Jennifer Taylor, uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Hale, Hale, excuse Hale. me, uh, who is uh, she's a well, re- well renowned voice actress. Uh, she was uh, sh- the like femme Shep in Mass Effect. Uh, what else has she done? She's done a lot. Um, do you have anything off the top of your head with her? Not, not off the top of my head, but, but I mean, she's like the, you know, the one of the most popular voice actors in voice acting land. Yes. You've um, played oh, a she's game Samus, with her. She's Samus. Um, she's Ash and Overwatch. She's all sorts of people. Um, I just laugh because of all the lines Samus says. Uh, she, no, she goes, ha! When she gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, so she was replaced by Jennifer Taylor, uh, Jennifer Hale, sorry. And Helena Taylor made this video, uh, that she posted over the weekend, basically saying that, um, she turned down the role of being, uh, Bayonetta in the game because they offered her, um, $4,000 to do the entire project. And she was basically like, I am the voice and essentially the face of this character and this property. And $4,000 is simply not enough compensation for the amount of work that she has to do for the amount of work that she has put into being good at her craft. And it's, she basically said it was just an insulting number. So she turned it down. Um, and uh, Hey, that sucks. Uh, uh, that, that really sucks. I I think that hearing the $4,000 for someone who, uh, clearly did a great job on a character like this before to reprise her role um, does sound insulting. But so she has called for a boycott of Bayonetta, basically saying like, hey, um, you know, if you want to support me and help me out, don't buy this game. Instead, do a donation uh, to charity. And um, that is that that's sort of where it lie uh, laid over the weekend until today or yesterday. I want to hear what you think about just that first part. Um, uh, so the she released like a series, I think like three tweets, it looks like of it. Yeah, uh, it just uh, this is nothing to do with the story right now. But one of the hashtags um, at the top, like with the videos was Bayo Nutters, which I think was clever. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. I just clicked on that <laughs> and not uh, a lot of people just talking about this specifically up. Oh, and then there it is. Uh it's Go nuts, <laughs> Bayo Nutters. Um, yeah, I think this like when you first hear this part, like this story, like that sounds like it sounds crazy, like to think about how popular Bayonetta is as the character of Bayonetta, and like yes. how at least in uh you know the Western sphere of things, how iconic her voice and her style and everything is, and like that seems like there's a big part um, of it that's gone. The number four thousand to me, like in this context, seems like not very much money. I mean, for a whole game of of, of voice acting from from a, a big studio, like to me that that seems like oh that that's it. Oh, yeah. Well, and they didn't they didn't counter an offer or anything like that. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Um, uh, and the the whole idea of like boycotting a game and stuff like that that was like wow, like that. I wonder what else happened with this game like is there anything else about this i mean there it was kind of in a developmental crazy period for a while in terms of it being like you know uh where is it kind of thing and then and then not hearing about it so uh i i not surprised something like this happened but i would also sit there and and i think that well how much are they paying jennifer hale to do this four thousand dollars 
So that brings things that like that. That is a interesting question, right? So uh, Jennifer Hale actually responded today. So yes, it was today this afternoon. Uh, and I'm just going to read you this statement um, in t- its totality because yeah, uh, basically everyone sort of turned around and looked at her and said like, Hey, so what gives, like, did you end up doing this project? Like knowing that y- knowing that the original character, uh, the original voice actress was kind of like skimped out in terms of how much you'd be compensated for this. And you took that like, like it was, it's an interesting question, right? About like, how exactly did you come to come to do this? And and what was your role on it? And I imagine that she is, yeah, she's under an NDA. She says in her statement that I'll read in a second here. Um, so she can't answer everything, but she does say this with regard to Bayonetta three as a longtime member of the voice acting community. I support every actor's right to be paid well and have advocated consistently for this for years. Anyone who knows me or has followed my career will know that I have a great respect for my peers and that I am an advocate for all members of this community. I am under an NDA and I'm not at liberty to speak regarding this situation. My reputation speaks for itself. I sincerely ask that everyone keep in mind that this game has been created by an entire team of hardworking, dedicated people, and I hope everyone will keep an open mind about what they've created. Finally, I hope that everyone involved may resolve their differences in an amicable and respectful way. With love and respect to you all, Jennifer Hale. So she speaks um, specifically about, like, remember that it's not just one person who made this because... Um, Bayonetta uh, creator. Let's see. Um, who is this? Um, Ka Kamiya. I'm trying to think what he, who he is specifically. Um, yeah, the uh, Bayonetta three executive director, uh, Hideki Kamiya responded by just simply tweeting sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's all I can tell right now, by the way, beware of my rules. And, um, bunch of people were like hey what the fuck (laughs) like that's like extraordinarily um disrespectful if if what she's saying is true and she really has no reason to lie about it and by she i'm referring to um uh helena taylor like if what she's saying is true then like like you can't be mad at her about that so he said that and then everyone turned around and said like what is wrong with you like what are you talking about and he has since i think deleted his twitter account um because the backlash to him saying like him being just turning around and being like it's sad and deplorable the things she's saying about this um has been so great that he he sort of peaced out for for at least for now um but he has been pretty quick to to ban people and whatever else on Twitter. So wait, anyway, he, he yeah. responded to, to, to Jennifer Hale's tweet supporting Jennifer Hale. No. So after, after, uh, Helena Taylor made her video that same day, he tweeted, you know, not responding to her, not adding her anything, but just, he said, um, sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's all I can tell right now, by the way, beware of my rules. So, yeah. So, I mean, like he, he's talking about, uh, Helena Taylor. Yes. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So he was basically saying like, this is basically saying like completely untrue. You're being deplorable and sad for even mentioning this, um, which is not the way to go about this. And and we'll talk about that in a second, but, um, obviously Jennifer Hale is under NDA and can't speak about it. Um, but Steven Totillo from Axios did some research about all of this. Uh, and so he tweeted some of this out, some of his findings, um, in reference to an article that he wrote on Axios.com titled Bayonetta Voice Actor uh, Boycott Plea Reignites Gaming Pay Debate. 
Uh, and these are just some of his bullet points. Recording for Bayonetta has required three to four sessions per game, a source tells me. Um, the SAG slash AFTRA union, uh, which I imagine is whatever voice actor union that um, Helena Taylor would be a part of or is a part of. Um, the minimum is $1,000 per session, no residuals. Voice actors struck in 2016 for a year uh, and still didn't get any residuals. So they've been trying to get these sort of things um, for a while and increase the pay for since 2016, six years ago. And the current union deal expires in 21 days. Additionally, um, he tweets, safe bet that Jennifer Hale, who is now voicing Bayonetta, doesn't work at the union minimum. But what uh, what's the work on a hit game worth? Uh, he, he sources an article from 28, uh, 2008 from the New York Times that basically says in 2008, GTA 4's lead actor felt that $100,000 for 15 months of work on a game that generated over $600 million in three weeks was was too low. So, you know, $4,000 for this one game s- seems pretty low. And it seems like there are other voice actors who feel this way. How, what is your whole tech on this whole situation, man? Yes, $4,000 is low, but it seems like this is the industry. This seems like this is what it is like. And this is not, I'm not defending that it should be this, this much money. Mm-hmm. This seems like this is what the standard is. Um, and like, I think that is shocking to a point, but also if we pay voice actors like we pay movie stars, the amount of money video games are going to start costing is going to start rising to places where um, people aren't going to be happy with it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. I'm saying that there are going to be that there it's, it's a cause and effect with a lot of these things. And I always feel like people have this assumption that there's so much more money in gaming than there actually is. I know it's a huge industry, but the amount of like time and money it takes to make this stuff, I do not think that creators get paid enough for the amount of time they put into this stuff. So Agreed. the better question is where do all these big money, they, all this money go. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like where, where does where all the sales money go? Like if we are having like, as we're going to talk about later, billions of dollars in this industry, why isn't it going to voice actors and things like that? Why isn't it going to, you know, quality uh, testers? Why isn't it going to um, artists more? Um, And I think like, this is one of those things that I think if really the issue with Helena Taylor was getting the amount of money she's getting, what she should have done uh, is kind of open up how much money you make (laughs) and like really go into that side of things. And I don't know, what else has Helena Taylor been in? Um, I don't know. Let me take a look. Because, at, like, to me, it's like this isn't just a, a bayonetta problem. This is an industry-wide problem. So, at this point, like, it it seems like I think more people hearing about that because I think if you tell someone that the voice of bayonetta got four thousand dollars and that's it for bayonetta, people would be shocked and, and disgusted by that. And I think they are to a point. Um, yeah. So real quick, so bayonetta was like her first big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did. She was in Dragon Age Origins as a handful of different characters. Uh, obviously, she was in Smash. Um, although she's not listed as in so the last Smash she was in uh, listed in is uh, the one for the Wii U. So she wasn't 
I don't know if she wasn't credited or what for, uh, or maybe they just reused voice lines for ultimate, but, um, yeah, she, she's not been in a whole lot. And so her first big thing in terms of video games was Bayonetta in 2009. So, I mean, th- this to me, it's, it's two issues here. The issue of how you market your tweet, um, how you market your message, I think, uh, is part of the problem because instead of bringing an eye on on the problem, you have created tension with another voice actress with, you know, like you're not it. I feel like the back and forth with the tweets is one thing that to talk about, like Jennifer Hale's reaction, Helena Taylor's reaction, like those kind of things. But I think the bigger issue is, is how much these people are getting paid. And they, they they talked about 2016, they went on strike uh, voice yeah. actors went on strike and they got a deal, but they still didn't get residuals for the games and stuff like that. Like this industry, like as much as we glorify it as being this multi-billion dollar industry, it's still not paying people right. And it's still something that like is a very expensive industry to be in. Uh, and it's filled with crunch culture for, for reasons. Like, I, I don't know. It's there's, there's so many issues with like where money goes in video games. I'm not a bookkeeper. I don't work at a studio. I'm not a, I'm not a paid actor here, but like there's clearly money in the industry. Why isn't it going back to the people making it? And why is this solution like to raise the price of games? So we pay people more, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand. Like there's something, this is going to be video games are going to be one of the biggest industries ever. Yeah. Though a lot of these video game, the the games that bring in the money are these like free to play mobile games. Like Genshin Impact is probably like twenty five percent of how much money of it the video game industry makes. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but like I would be, I would be so curious to see what sort of compensation those voice actors for Genshin Impact, um, what they make, right? Like. I imagine that one of the re- if if four thousand dollars is what they're offering in the voice of Bayonetta, right? I imagine that like there's a reason why the same like six or seven voice actors are in fucking everything, right? It's like Nolan North, Troy Baker, Jennifer Hale, um, Laura Bailey. Like they're just in everything, multiple games a year, right? Because I imagine that the rates just aren't that great. You know, like like if if, if anything. I hope that this is I if anything, I hope that what happens from all of this is that people start to talk more about these salaries for voice actors and stuff like that, because I imagine it's not great. You know, we talked a little bit off uh, before the show about like just how important discussing salaries are and discussing rates are because it gives it provides a like it provides a way for people who are trying to make it or who might be otherwise exploited for doing something for cheaper it provides them a way to understand like hey actually this is too this is too low for what i want to do right um and it makes for it, it makes it harder to be exploited if you know what you should be worth does that make sense yeah yeah and even like above that, I think, you know, people revealing how much money they make is such a like an awkward subject that people don't like, you know, it's not like we wear like the number of our income over our heads. Right. Uh, and like, it's not like even, you know, among groups and friends and stuff like that, we don't just talk about how much money we make, um, though, you know, people can look at how much money I make down to the penny because of how long I've worked and all the stuff that I do <laughs> as being a public educator. But even sure. then, like, it, like someone can look up how much money you make, but they still don't like know exactly how much money you make. They don't know what your take home is. They don't know all this other stuff. 
And that's just not something like we as a culture are like open with. But this is something that like being open with this stuff for how much a job pays, maybe not even your salary, but like even the average of what a job pays probably is really helpful for um, like people to to just be aware of how much to make, how much to advocate for, who's getting screwed, who's not getting screwed. But even then, like $4,000 for a game is it seems like nothing with something like Bayonetta. But like for a, a smaller company, like that could be the make or break between like your budget, like when $4,000 for a game that might not make much more than 100000 in the lifetime of it, if that like that's right. a huge that like that that's a huge part of the budget. And I'm sure what these like bigger companies can do is just be like, well, we'll pay you more than the small guy. <laughs> and like that that's probably part of it. But like ultimately all I'm doing is sitting here speculating because we don't know the numbers. And if you want to see some great industry support for, for this, and I don't even know who you're supporting in this moment, if you're supporting Bayonetta, if you're supporting uh, Helena Taylor, uh, if whatever, whoever side you're on here. But like, if you really want to make change in the industry, uh, go back to the GTA leaks. This was game studios showing what their games look like a couple months out from when they're uh, from when they're uh, released, and I think that created a lot of comfort to be like, "Look, things don't look great right away. We're doing that. We're in this together." And if voice actors start being like, "I made this much money for this game," and I'm sure there's like NDAs and stuff involved with that, but boy, isn't that a problem if you get an NDA for how much you make for a game? Well, and I think it's tough too because like I look at. Uh, for me personally, I'm not a voice actor, right? But I work in the games industry and in the games industry, people are like criminally underpaid. Right. And I look at some of the rates that I have worked for in the past and I just did them because it was like, holy shit, like I, this is the only way I can make money. Right. <coughs> this is the only way I can make money. Right. And like, I didn't necessarily know then that I was being exploited for t- making $10 an hour. I had an inkling. Um, <laughs> right. But I, like, I knew I, deep down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a feeling that maybe $10 an hour was not an appropriate wage, right. For someone working full time. But like, I didn't really understand that. And I look at the, those websites that I used to work for that are now hiring people for $10 an hour, uh, a, a website that I got an offer, a full-time job offer from for a, a I mean, nothing, you know, pennies basically, uh, and they said, hey, would you want to do this full time? And I said, no, thank you. Sorry, I, I can't do that. Right. If I had known then what I know now, I would I would have made different choices, maybe. But the problem is, at least for me and what I imagine is similar to for other uh, uh, like for other industries or other like uh, factions of this industry is like were I to talk about that, there's a potential that I could be like blacklisted by other sites because they could see me and because they could see me and say like, well, you know, this guy talks about those sorts of practices. We don't want people talking about that sort of stuff. Um, we're just not going to hire this person. And, and I think that's wrong. and I think that's bad, but it is one of those things where like, I guess I do participate in, in that sort of cycle of keeping these things quiet because, you know, I don't, ha- I'm not talking about it, but I think talking about it where you can in a way that is appropriate, I, I think is important, but. Yeah. And and I just think with like any sort of income thing too, like just like 
knowing that is so helpful. But yeah, it's like not everyone's not like a public servant that can do that kind of stuff. But I even think about like so many like discriminatory issues with like pay scale between genders and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like that stuff becomes issues not all the time because I think, you know, companies are being blatantly um, are blatantly doing it. A lot of the times it just happens that, hey, they have more guys at a company because their hiring practices just tend to view that way. So they send they have more guys there and who are there longer who get paid more. And then uh, as a whole, there's more guys that get money and things like that. And like. I, I, you know, like when someone asks for a raise, a company is not like you're a guy. I'm going to give you more money. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, hoping, right? I'm, I'm trying to be <laughs> sure. positive here, but like that would stop those kind of things from happening if everyone knew <laughs> if if things yeah. were open if this is this position makes this much money um we were even talking about how when IGN was like this is how much freelancers make people were like oh my god for IGN uh, yeah how much do the other guys make <laughs> like. Right. <laughs> like they're not they're 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 it's not like they're raking in the money and stuff. So, yeah, it, it's really rough because the, in the more we hear how well video game how big video games are, are becoming and how much money they are making. Um, and we still hear more about crunch, more about un, unhealthy work environments, more about voice, voice actors not getting paid well. Uh, it, it just starts to layer this whole onion that, that is layered onion it's a layered onion it just starts to like create all these layers that makes it really i don't know concerning for the future of video games but like it makes it makes you you wonder how can this can be something sustainable for people how do you keep talent if you can't pay talent yeah but and and it's one of those things too that's just like the more we talk about this the better it is like the more people can openly speak about it i think uh, Helena Taylor did a good thing by saying, here's why I'm not in this game. People have been wondering. I'm not under any NDA, right? Like, I can say whatever I want. This is what they offered me, and I, I can't accept that. It was insulting, and, and like, I, think she, I don't think she's wrong to feel that way, and I think it's good that she was able to come out and say, here's how much I was offered, and I, I turned it down because I don't think that's, that's worth it for me. Uh, and I think that we're better for it to know that sort of stuff so then in the future you can take a step back and say, like, holy shit, like, is this really all that people are getting offered? But so there you go. Justin Gotham Knights upcoming game by is that Rocksteady? Uh, the co-op Batman game, but without Batman with like Robin and I don't know, Batman characters, whoever else, Batgirl, seems. Nightwing. Isn't that Robin or am I wrong? There's two. There's Nightwing and then there's Robin. I think at one point Robin became Nightwing and they got another Robin. There's Red Hood. Who Let used to be this, Robin Justin, or Nightwing? I believe you. I I definitely believe you that all this stuff happened. Isn't Red Hood? He's got like a mask on that makes him look like, like. But, but Red Hood also used to be, at one point, one of either Robin or Nightwing, in in the line of confusion. If I added that to it, so. How do the Teen Titans play into all this? Uh, the the they they were at one point teenagers and they wore tights, tins. They? Uh, I guess they all kind of did, didn't they? Well, maybe not Cyborg. I'm sorry, it's not important. Make a make a tight Titan tights in pun, but I, like I don't that. think it worked out. Um, Cyborg definitely was wearing tights somewhere underneath all that. Booyah! Anyway, uh, Gotham Knights uh, is not going to have a performance option on consoles, and it's going to run uh, at a hard cap of 30 frames per second. Uh, this has been confirmed by um, executive producer Fleur Marty. Uh, they, she posted on the uh, the Gotham Knights like Discord server, like, "Hey, just so you know, the, the decision is um, that due to quote the types of features we have in our game, um, 
that the game is going to be capped at 30 frames per second. Although things like um, ray tracing, and I think 4K, um, compa- uh, or not 4K, uh, but things like ray tracing um, are not going to have a toggle. They're just going to be on by default. But for that reason, it is locked at 30 frames per second. How do you, how do you take that? Again, and to, to be clear, this is for a game that is coming out exclusively on the PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. Well, boy, I'm glad they canceled the PS4 version. What are they, cyberpunk? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, well, first of all, if this is the case, good on them for canceling those versions to begin with, right? Like, let's just start there. Like, this is clearly something that was problematic in their development cycle that they they flagged it being like, there's no way we can, like, make this game perform the way it needs to on these other consoles. We'll move it yeah. back. Um I'm not bothered by this because I think it is a little concerning because you'd want it to be running well enough uh, to have like beautiful graphics and beautiful frame rate. It is next gen, but that doesn't stop it from uh, later on getting an update that will optimize it a little bit more. This is probably just one of those things like, well, we could delay it, but like the game's still playable. It's still good. Um, and you know, this is going to benefit us more to release it now and we'll release an update later. Maybe that gives you, uh, you know, a better version of it. It's interesting that they chose to lock the, the, um, ray tracing, uh, stuff, performance stuff a little bit, but not really because they're planning. This is the game we're optimizing right now. Yep. Uh, we, otherwise, you'd have to optimize two versions of it. That just adds more variables, more playtesting, more delays, more all this other stuff. When at a certain point, release it, fix the problems, get it to run good once it's released, and then work on it with a smaller team in the background as you're as you're continuing to keep things updated. And one day, maybe it'll be good, um, and maybe it'll just be like this forever. But I, and believe it or not, uh, game development is not about just turning a switch off and then turning a switch on that says 60 frames per second. Like when you double the amount of frames in a video game, uh, shit gets wacky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it just does. So, so I, I think, to be honest, th- there has been quite a reaction about all of this. And I think people are kind of being babies. Um, 30 frames per second is good. Uh, you've been playing th- games at 30 FPS for years and years and years. It is not going to be a problem. I'm sure it's fine. Like, if you're having performance issues at 30 frames per second, then that's when you can start to to really make any sort of judgments. But just hearing this game's running at 30 frames per second and has ray tracing on default is unable to be turned off, I don't think is a huge issue. And like what you just said, like, these sort of, like, like additional performance options being patched into, you know, the current-gen games, like is not unheard of. You look at Spider-Man, you look at all sorts of things that add, uh, like, uh, uh, what's the other one that Insomniac did? Ratchet and Clank. Like, all sorts of things here, like, are able to, uh, all sorts of games are, are able to just throw that in there. It's it's just I don't I don't think it's the end of the world in the way that everyone else thinks it does. But no. And like Spider-Man, like bringing that up, Spider-Man, you could not like you had to choose. Am I going to do 60 frames or have it pretty? Um, and guess what? I still couldn't tell the difference no matter what I did. So you just you slap it on that 60 frames per second. It looks just as good. You couldn't even tell. Um, but yeah, I think it matters to some. But the thing that matters to everyone is, is the game playable? And, and that's the thing. Is it good? Then it doesn't matter. I mean, and, in my and opinion, at least. Plague Tale, we just were talking about some of the knocks on it where it's a very similar game, if not bigger, and performance issues. 
So the cleaner you make it at launch, the better the game is going to review, the better the game is going to review, the better the sales are going to be, the better the sales are at the beginning, the more support it will have, the more uh, I get points for my uh, you know fantasy critic team. You know what I'm saying? I'm so excited. Please give me 15 <laughs> points or something. Don't be a 70. I don't think, like, let me say this. Like, if this game reviews poorly, I think the fact that it runs at only 30 frames per second is going to be a footnote in the review. And, like, I don't think that it's going to be like, this is a fucking fantastic game that runs at 30 frames per second, so it's terrible. Like, I, like it's just not how that works. And I think that, like, people get so caught up in the idea of, like, a game needing to have a high frame rate in order to be good um, because that's just what we're told right now that I, I just don't think that's the case. Yeah, any any news on that Switch version of this game? How's that coming? Uh, yeah, it runs at 10, 10 frames per second. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good for a Switch game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, that's in cutscenes. Um, oh, got it, got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, yeah, yeah. once the game starts, uh, your Switch pulls out a gun and shoots you. <laughs> uh, Justin, Overwatch 2 had a huge 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 release despite all the uh issues that we talked about last week according to blizzard it um surpassed the original game's peak player count uh in terms of concurrent players and uh apparently had more than 25 million players um for overwatch 2 in the first 10 days which is um contrasted to the first game's 15 million players uh in its first three months so Despite all these issues, people love Overwatch. It's still going to be seen as to whether or not people really stick with Overwatch. Because it, again, as we talked about last week, is so much of the same. But um, what do you take of that, Justin? Yeah, I think I think it shows you the power of free to play. Um, this would yep. not. I would I would bet you a lot of money. Uh, everything I have in my wallet, which I'm not wearing a wallet right now, um, but everything in my wallet, I would bet you that if this was a paid game, it would not have been that big of a launch. Um, and I think people would have been even more upset with the game if it was what it was. Oh, if, they if it paid was, for, if oh, it was, can you imagine? Can if you it was imagine? paid, it would be criminal. And you couldn't play the original Overwatch anymore. Like on top criminal. of it too. Oh, yeah. they would be, they would be rioting. Um, but yeah, it's the power of free to play it. Like there's a reason why companies want to do this model. It's a way, it's the profitable way to keep money coming into you. Um, which <laughs> Speaking of getting money, where does this money go? The voice actors don't think so. So, like, it is going to be profitable for it. I, I don't know what these specific numbers are uh, on. Do they have any money on, on sales or, or uh, uh, battle pass numbers yet? Uh, I don't think they've spoken about that now. Yeah, it's a little too early to, to tell with that. But, um, I mean, even a fraction of people playing that game uh, get the battle pass. They're going to be making some good money with with, with the launch of this game. Um, and I think it's going to have uh, more interest in the community again it's going to like have its esports have a new life to it a bunch of more money will come in that way they're 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 looking fine with this um personally i don't know if i need to play this game for a while and i mean i really just played it like last week for a little bit we played it when we did our uh, bonus episode but what about yeah. you has it been calling you back do you need to play this game more you had the battle um, pass yeah i've been playing it for work um so like yeah, you know what I mean? It is it is a game it's a great game for um you know, putting a podcast on, relaxing too, uh if you're just looking for a way to unwind. But yeah, I'm not like necessarily super um I don't feel the need to be playing this every single day in the same way that I did with the, like the original Overwatch. But um I, I think a part of that also is like they've spoken about the the fact that they are not interested in um 
tweaking and adjusting settings and and things like that um as frequently as they were they're going to be doing it sort of every season now so like rebalance rebalancing and like changes and stuff um for the first season uh, for uh, the next time that they're going to rebalance the game is in uh, is in december so we still have two months until they say hey Here's what we want to change. Here's, you know, whose ultimate's going to get changed up a little bit. Here are the damage numbers that are going to be changed, whatever. Um, which I, I think is a long time for a game as, like... With a game that has... And I'm, like, saying this, like, literally. With a game that has so little going for it in terms of, like... No, no, no. Like, like we talked about this last week, I think. With, like, Fortnite, like, okay, they had a grappling hook to that game. What does that mean for like the whole game? Like there's so many things that they that they can add and change and stuff in a game like Fortnite um, that they just don't have the ability to in Overwatch because the only real variables that you that change are like cosmetics, right? Like and then also like the literal like the literal damage numbers that are coming out of weapons and, and cooldown times and stuff like that. So for a game like this that has so little in terms of like variables and things that can be changing like the fact that they're only doing that so infrequently, uh, I, I think might be a little bit of an issue, um, especially because like Bastion uh, is just taken out of the game because he's got a bug. He's just not in the game anymore. Oh, is uh, I, th- they're not even bringing it back. I assume he'll be back eventually, <laughs> um, but they just, they just cut him. <laughs> they just straight up cut him. So I, I guess we'll see about like, if he's not coming back until December or what, but uh, it's just one of those things where I don't know what the longevity of this game is going to be. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Maybe um, if if they can keep co- the content drip alive, so every two months you get a spike of players, there's a reason to come back with the new season. Um, maybe I can see it, um, but do, do you know when the single player is coming out? Because to me, that's saying 20, that what they don't... 2023. Okay, so a while yet, because that would be a nice little jump uh, in in player count and stuff like that. But until I can uh, be assured that they're going to be coming out with consistently good content and good, like significant content with another season. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much I could play this before it just becomes that mindless thing. And there are plenty of other mindless things to play Um, for you. Like Persona 5 is pretty mindless at this point, right? Oh, no, I'm like I'm on the edge of my seat every every second of that video game oh so it might be hard to play at the gym oh no that, that's perfect for the gym concentrate on i'm like i'm, if I'm on an, if i'm like on an elliptical like i'm and i'm like zoned into a video game like time just like flies by i see you it's doing like, like you're doing uh curls like but you're like switching off arms like you're you're playing <laughs> the game losing the joy count in one hand and then like you switch off and do the other one like really productive yeah uh, i heard someone watches like anime while they work out which i think is a good idea like if you're watching like a like a fight like a battle anime like i think that's a really good idea but like actually watching it while you are like lifting like sounds like i would be too distracted is what i'm trying to say like i I would not do well like that but uh, if if deiko can do it i can do it too if who can do it deiko am i saying his name wrong deiko deiko what do you i guess i don't know what you're trying to say my hero academia Oh, Deku. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I was like, what? Deku? Deku. I don't think I could, this is another, I found another samurai word for me. Yeah, Deku. Just Deku. a little, little, little De- Deku. 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 Deku tree. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, Justin, 
Nintendo and Xbox have both recently, uh, not necessarily announced, but more of like in investors uh, calls and things like that. Uh, it seems like they are racking, raking in billions of dollars from their live service uh, uh, offerings. Microsoft apparently uh, made two point nine billion dollars from Game Pass last year, like in twenty twenty one, according to Brazil's regulatory board. Uh, we've heard from them actually recently in regards to um, the Activision Blizzard deal because they, uh, first of all, it, it went through in terms of Brazil's board, but they had some pretty um, open communication with Xbox and and with the public about. Uh, what exactly was going on there. Um, so $2.9 billion from Xbox Game Pass. That is a lot of money. You know, we've talked about on this show, like how do they have so much money to put so much stuff on there and, and offer it at such a low price and such a great price, especially with like the family model that's going to be coming eventually and stuff like that. But that's how you do it, man. $3 billion essentially from Game Pass. Like that is so much money. The uh, I think to be fair, uh, this uh, article by uh, 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 Video Games Chronicle by Chris Scullion um, mentions that it does not include uh, like overall profit. Gotcha. Got you. Right. So, yeah, so it's, the, it's, it's it's how much subscriptions are bringing in without how much it costs to keep things on there. So I'm yeah. sure that number is still closer. But regardless, like you start doing the math about finding out how much people are spending for uh, Game Pass and how many people are actually like, you know, on Game Pass. I think that's huge. And and to have that kind of like consistently growing revenue, um, I think is a great way to keep growing the business and putting more money into Game Pass. And the more money Game Pass brings in. The more cool shit we get on Game Pass and the happier I am to talk about how I'm playing the same game on Switch that I paid full price for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got it. Uh, <laughs> the same Brazilian uh, uh, regulatory board uh, says that Nintendo's total digital revenue uh, in 2021 was roughly $3 billion um, and that Nintendo Switch online subscriptions were about a third of that. So about a billion dollars uh, for Nintendo from Nintendo Switch Online. It's not clear like what the breakdown between like just straight up subscribers who are doing Nintendo Switch Online versus the expansion pack and everything are, but um, still a billion dollars is a lot of money. And like, to my understanding, Nintendo has a lot of money, but it does not have Microsoft money. Because, I mean, Microsoft money like not only includes Xbox, but like we've sort of talked about this before, like Xbox is sort of like Microsoft's little pet project where it's like, yeah, go ahead and do video games, whatever, I don't care. Um, and they have enough money to throw at it to, they had enough money to throw at it to make it into something really substantial. Um, whereas like Nintendo, like they're not making computers as well. They're just, they're just solely devoted to games. So a billion dollars for them is also, I mean, it, it, that is a substantial amount of money. Um, but specifically for how much they are worth in comparison to something like Microsoft, I think is, is pretty significant. What do you think? And a lot of that stuff, I mean, sure, they have some of the Genesis stuff on there. A lot of that's their own property. Yep. Totally. So when we're talking about revenue versus how much you're actually like making here versus profit, uh, probably a higher percentage of that goes to Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, 100%. And, and like they're not putting, I like, guess they're putting things for free on there, but it's not like 
new games. Yeah, yeah, you know right, what I mean? right, it's right, not, right. It's like stuff they've already had and it's theirs and uh, they might like, they obviously they put work into some of the stuff, like not a significant work, but some work into some of it. <laughs> and, um, and you know, also like things like the uh, Mario Kart, uh, you know, expansion passes on there. Some like things yeah. like are on there that are like added values, which are great. But a lot of it does come back to it being Nintendo first party stuff. So it's mm-hmm. not like they're paying someone else for it. It still kind of goes into like, well, people aren't buying this anyway. Or people like people have been buying Mario Kart at a pretty significant clip. So I think we can bring this in here and still get people to subscribe to our service. 100% agree. Uh, I just think those numbers are always interesting. Uh, just peeling back a little bit of like, here's what makes the games industry go round. Because, I mean... A billion dollars, three billion dollars, it's a lot of money. Uh, uh, we're, we're now going to count to a billion in order to help uh, show how much money that is. All right, are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Start. start One, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. How long will this be funny for you? Man? <laughs> it was getting funnier. <laughs> uh, also, it's worth pointing out that we don't have any information about like Sony's stuff, uh, specifically about uh, what is that called? PlayStation Network Plus. Yeah. yeah. PS Plus. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. PlayStation Plus gold bonus. But I will say if Nintendo is able to make one billion dollars off of maybe the worst online service ever created. Uh, I imagine that Sony is also like doing just fine. Th- maybe not a billion dollars yet because it hasn't been out for a full year. But uh, I I have to imagine that their services are are not hurting or anything. Like I'm that. gonna I'm gonna do a hard counter on that one. That it's the worst service ever because like it's cheaper than the rest. And I think like getting like the library of like some of the classic games. I know I think it's worse when you think of it as to the fact that many people have already bought those games in three different console generations. So like they still don't own them, but I still think like the amount of things you can play on there to fill that backlog of top games of all time that you get to play on there is pretty cool. Plus you get to play online, which is pretty standard. I think through all the online services right now too. Yeah. You just don't get those like free games, um, but nothing comes close to Game Pass. And I don't care. I cannot never make an argument um, about why Game Pass is not the best deal in video in video games ever. I, like I, I simply I don't like I, I get that picture. some people just don't like I just I, I get that some people don't like Xbox. I understand that. But to not like Game Pass and to not see like the value in Game Pass and to not be able to like admit like, hey, this service is nuts because it's so good. I just I can't understand why people are like that but um they're they're angry and i am happy because i am playing plague tale requiem the day it comes out (laughs) whatever um justin dead space remake we've been seeing this game pretty consistently in terms of its development um pretty much since it was announced which i think is kind of cool uh so it showing some side-by-side shot comparisons in a video uh just called dead space extended gameplay walkthrough um uh, from the dead space youtube channel isn't necessarily like newsworthy or noteworthy but i want to talk about i, I want to talk about something that has been bothering me a little bit with video games as of late um in that like the dead space remake looks fantastic in terms of its visual fidelity it looks super super realistic the textures look great the detail in the environments is awesome um but I'm starting to see this trend where like when you compare like something older to something newer, like side by side, just because something is busier looking doesn't necessarily mean that it 
looks better. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, yeah, because yeah, something is more realistic, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like better looking and better suited to be the video game that it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think like specifically that argument uh, th- that you know goes to the Nintendo's idea that you know they don't have to have the best looking game in order to have the best like the best graphically looking game to have the best looking game out there. Um, yeah. You know, think of all like the Nintendo, the Nintendo polish and like their art styles that just like make up for the fact that they can't produce graphically what these other systems can do. So I see it from that lens. I do think it's pretty impressive looking at these two side by side. Um, like the, the part of the video shows the, the, you know, the, him just kind of walking down and like seeing the old one kind of come back uh, like next to it. And like in that one specific shot, I think it looks pretty stunning. Um, the difference of it, because it just looks like this game is older and this game is like current, if that makes yeah. sense. And I do agree. Like, like, I'm not trying to say that like this game doesn't look good. It looks like remarkable. It looks really, really, really good. Uh, and in that particular instance, I agree. Like, I-, I think that both of those read the exact same. I think that the new one just looks like it's newer and made in the year 2022 versus one that was made in 2008 or whatever. Um, but I-, I guess I'm I'm more referring to like, um, let's see, do they do any more of the shop side by side comparisons here? Uh, yeah, they do. So if you head over to the centrifuge room uh, in the video, it's at like it's the last little like chapter. Uh, it starts at 639. If you're watching this, um, if you're if you're listening to this, uh, go ahead and take a look in the description of the episode and you'll be able to find this starts at 639. You go into this room and like there is all of this stuff floating around in the original. There's it's a similar thing, um, but I, I just think that like it looks while it does look good in the remake. The fact that there is so much more going on, it it makes a lot of the important things in the room sort of blend into the background. And Isaac himself, his armor like looks a lot more detailed and stuff, but it matches so much of the things that are in the room that it's a little bit hard to actually parse like. It's hard to parse the visual language of what this. This space is trying to say and trying to guide you. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I I think so. I think like it definitely the almost like is it environmental storytelling like the the way that they use colors to draw the eye um, and that doesn't necessarily do the same thing to you as it does in the other one. Because, like, even just looking at this other footage right now, um, there's, like, you know, like a, a, a specific screen in the back that really seems to stand out in the original one, whereas in the new one there is so much other stuff going on that it doesn't draw your eye in the same way. Yeah. Um, so I think from, like, a game design perspective, it draws your eye better in the old one. But mm-hmm. I still think it's, like, an impressive, like, it, it the room looks like it would be more realistic and it like fits with the overall like design of it. Um, and I think part of it, I mean, this was a 360 game. Yep. So it's like two generations ago. I think the bigger story is how good the game looked back on the 360. Oh, that's for sure, too. You know, like, I think that's part of it, too, because we're, like, having these side-by-side comparisons, and, like, what you're really seeing is the graphical differences of what you can render um, on, you know, uh, two-generation-ago technology versus now, and it just seems even more. And I think the biggest difference, really, in this environment looks to be the lighting back and forth of it. Yeah. um, Because it's just lit in a much darker way in the new one with more like environmental lights rather than just having like a a more, it's like you turn the brightness up on the old one 
versus you turn it down on the other one. I think that's the big difference of it. And I think that sure. kind of creates this like look for it. But yeah, I I mean, I, I so my question is, does this need to exist? And I guess it does. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, and, and I want to like just reiterate like i'm not saying this looks bad i'm not saying yeah, that like yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah. specifically like i'm not saying that dead space remake specifically looks bad because of this i'm just saying that like in general it's something i've sort of been noticing about like remakes of things um where like when they're trying to go for a more realistic art style like yes they do look more realistic and like technically better but at the end of the day you when you do that you do also lose a little bit of the design that's that was inherent in the older thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm also looking, like you were saying about, like, it's, like, technically better. And I'm looking at around, like, 650 of this video. And there's some, like, horrible shadow popping <laughs> as he's, like, floating down to it. Um, like, you see, like, there's a little, like, doorway, some, like, popping of stuff. And it also looks like it's running maybe 15 frames. Is this co uh, coming off the Switch? Is this, like, the, the Switch version of it? Like, I don't think that no, looks too hot either. No, this is in either. development, Justin. Oh, okay, this is in okay, development. Okay, it's not okay. done. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, again, I, I'm very excited for this game, and uh, I, I don't... I'm not saying this looks bad. I'm just saying, like, it's just something I've noticed about, like, fidelity in video games and... It, particularly in remakes and stuff like and that. And I'm saying um, it needs to be brighter because I'm going to be scared shitless. Yeah, I'm going to play this on an OLED TV, and I think that's going to be, like... You have to play at night. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to be me <laughs> sitting there, and that's all you see in the reflection. But um, speaking of survival horror, Justin, Konami announced that there is going to be a Silent Hill showcase called the Silent Hill Transmission on Wednesday, Hitbox Day, October 19th at 2 p.m. Uh, PDT. So, hey, there is Silent Hill news that isn't just complete <laughs> speculation and rumor. Finally, now, there's nothing to say about this yet other than by the time you're listening to this, you'll probably be able to know what exactly this is. Um, wouldn't it be great if it's just all NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. Um, I can't wait to see um, like it's like a it's like a black screen. And then all of a sudden from the bottom rises Hassan Karaman. He says, <laughs> Finally. I told you, bitches. <laughs> um, Justin, have you ever been to SilentHill.com? No, it sounds scary. Go ahead and go to SilentHill.com. I'll wait. And, and listener, why don't you do it too? <laughs> so uh, SilentHill.com is just a black screen with a single image on it, and it is a tweet from Masahiro Ito, the... Uh, the designer uh, of one of the, the designers and illustrators um, who worked on the first three Silent Hill games. And uh, he tweeted in February, February, 2022, I wish I hadn't designed fucking pyramid head. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's the current state of Silent Hill. So I guess we'll see um, what this showcase is. Uh, according to a handful of people, uh, there are multiple Silent Hill projects in the works right now. So who knows what this will be and what projects those will be. But hey, um, I don't know. I I'll be excited to see this. I'll be majorly disappointed if it turns out that Bloober team is working on one of these games. Um, but uh, I'll still play it and probably hate it then. But um, I'll be interested to see what they have to announce. Uh, the other thing is, 
uh, in terms of survival horror news that resident evil showcase that uh cannot uh that yeah konami not konami capcom announced um earlier this year for october is happening on the 20th which is when is that also on wednesday uh the, the, it's thursday. on thursday wow they 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 they're being strategic there they don't want to they don't have too yes. much spooky on one day man so uh, it's gonna we're gonna be seeing according to the official Resident Evil Twitter account we're gonna be seeing Resident Evil Village Gold Edition and Resident Evil Four. Um, so those are the two like currently announced Resident Evil things that we are that we know about. So um, that makes sense. But uh, this week's gonna be a good week for survival horror fans. Maybe. Do you think the Resident Evil Four it's actually gonna be like a golf game that they're gonna announce? It's like the Resident Evil Golf like Four. Like the Gulf Oh, I see what you're saying here. You know, um, like it's like with all your favorite undead zombie characters. Uh, I'll say this: if it turned out that the Resident Evil Four remake was a really wacky golf game, like I, I wouldn't necessarily hate that. Like at face value. <laughs> and if that was the case, who would voice Wario? That's the real question. We're still wondering right now. Um, I was gonna say Seth Rogen, but he's Donkey Kong now. He's a good actor. He can do multiple. I'm sure that would probably be good. Okay, then Seth Rogen is my pick for Wario. Just off the cuff, uh, what do you think? If, if uh, Guy Fieri. <laughs> 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 All right, that's fine. Uh, I think that just about does it for the news. Justin, uh, have you been playing anything else? Uh, yeah, so I finally beat Splatoon 3. Listener, I know I'm going to stop talking about this game, but the final boss, spoilers for the final boss of Splatoon 3, is a giant teddy bear. Uh, um, so question, yeah, like, is that, ahead. does that feel right? <laughs> so like the whole single player story has like this, like fuzzy ooze everywhere, um, that oh, you yeah, can't touch. Right. So it's because the bear is trying to turn the whole world into fuzzy things and like take it back from like the squids. Uh, okay. so like basically if you are fighting the final boss, which is like kind of an epic like thing in which there's a giant bear trying to attack um uh planet earth or planet ingopolis whatever the hell it's called and you're okay. like on a spaceship shooting it in the air and like trying to ink it until it stops um but if you fail that final boss fight sorry against for the spoilers but if you ink the, is it a it's splatoon there's what is the story so if no, you, I, I don't think you're thinking if, if you lose like basically he will fuzz the entire world and every ink person just becomes like a walk-in like fuzzy guy <laughs> and then Weird. i'm like are the squids the real bad guys that's the question you need to think about when you're playing this like are they the ones who have taken over the world and have destroyed this poor bear or um is is the bear really the bad guy because i don't i think the bear is just try looking for a hug and looking for some friends because when you're the only fuzzy little buddy in the world and there's no one there besides these just like squishy uh like slimy uh, i'm gonna say it moist creatures <sighs> That can't be a that can't be a good world. And like if you become a little crazy in the in the process by doing that, it's only understandable. But um, yeah, the boss battle is kind of hard, to be honest. <laughs> like and again, I, I've, I've said it many times before that I'm a little much of a baby gamer, but it's hard because it does the sin of final bosses. And that is change up the gameplay mechanics. <laughs> That's the things you've never done before while paying, playing the game. Oh, really? Yeah, because you're essentially like piloting a giant ship that you have to like vacuum suck his ooze it's not it doesn't sound make sound good but like you're like basically a spaceship and you have to like vacuum up the 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 bear i believe you yeah 
You know what oh. I mean? Like, go some weird places, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Did you like it? Like, ultimately, like at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, I mean, I still enjoyed the game. I think the the my one the one thing that makes me not enjoy that game is the constant struggle about like is it the controls or is it me and i think in even games that like that are hard i usually say it's me but i think Mm -hmm. if it's back and forth between the two pretty much every other map i think that's the problem with it but i still think there's enough new and exciting stuff in there uh to play i just like don't know what the audience is because it it can't be children because if it's children i have officially regressed my skills as a gamer (laughs) I know what you mean. Uh, are you going to stick with it? You think after this, like, are you still playing the multiplayer at all? Uh, occasionally I like, I, I'm not, it's, it's to the point where it costs so much money to like get my upgrades and stuff like that. It just takes so much time for me to play it that I don't know if that is a thing I'll keep, keep going back to, but I put like 30 some hours into it. So I think, I think I've got my $60 out of it. Um, and it's occasionally my, uh, when the Splatfest comes out, was it this weekend? I have no idea. Whenever I, I completely, I completely fell off this game. I think it's in November. Um, uh, so whenever that comes out, I might like jump back on just to try that out because I missed the first Splatfest on it. So, sure. um, but yeah, it's I'm still not upset I played it, but boy, did it bring me some frustration, but also some laughs and also some goop. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, I finished Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I got the platinum for that, and. Um, it's a good game still, believe it or if not. I ever were to lose you, I would surely lose myself. I did cry, uh, by the way. I cried Aww. again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was one of those, like, I was alone trying to, like, not to be loud. Just like, <laughs> like, kind of, kind of thing. Um, Ah oh, man, what I mean, like I, you know, obviously, like I knew what was gonna happen. I know how that game ends. I like, I know every part of that game, uh, and I still found it to be surprising. And I think that, that is, like, it just never gets easier to watch or to to do or anything like that. Just, I, I that final boss fight is like a final boss fight in like an irony way, but like how it ends, like how you get out of that boss fight and how you like end that moment is just like you. Uh, I could not dream of a better way to like end that narratively when that you get that even, quick cut. Oh, it's so, ooh, I just, ooh. you know, you say like, it's a boss fight and of like a boss fighty way. Like, I think the first time that Abby and Ellie meet up in Seattle, like, I think that is one of those things where it's kind of an eye rolly, like now time to fight the boss boss version of Ellie. Like, I think that kind of doesn't play great. Um, but like, I think that, in the water at the very end, I think is a fantastic fight, especially because like it's just two people, their fists and a single knife. And that knife is just so lethal. And so like they're just tearing each other to ribbons. Right. And it is just so tough to watch and play. And, and um, yeah, gosh, it's just, it's, it's a remarkable game and I would recommend it to anyone. And now I have the platinum for it. So there you go. You're officially a fan. I'm officially a fan. It took a while, but you're there finally. Um, but I, I'll say the reason it took a while is because it was just like, uh, like finding the time to do it at my own pace. You know what I mean? Um, but it took me 24 hours pretty much on the dot. It was 23, like 50 something in terms of, uh, you know, hours and minutes. So like it was pretty much a 24 hour playthrough, which was exactly the same as my first one. So, um, I've got, I think 90 hours in the last of us part two. <laughs> Um, 
uh, like as according to my PlayStation. So, um, I also just uh, we di- I didn't talk about this at the beginning of the show because I don't know if it warrants a whole like section there. But uh, I-, I picked up Near Automata End of Yorha Edition, which is the Switch version. Um, and so I, I played it on our, on the flight to te- down to Texas. And um, hey, this is still also a very good game. <laughs> um, how, how far did you get in it when you were just like playing it on the flight? So on the flight, I got to um, where did I end up? Uh, I ended off right before you go to the carnival. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I picked it up again today uh, and ended off uh, right after. Uh, I, I was doing some side quests from the robots in Pascal's village. Um, but just like, damn, what a fucking great game. The DLC that it comes with is kind of cool. You get some alternate outfit for, outfits for the characters. Uh, the one thing that's like kind of a downside for that is that um, you can't change the outfits of the characters you're not currently playing as. So um, like I want them all to match, but I can't do that until... I get a significant amount of the way through the game until you have controlled all of the available characters to make them all match. Uh, And I wish you could just do that. Uh, Additionally, like characters won't be wearing their costumes in cutscenes that are pre-rendered. Obviously that's, that makes sense because that's just how they do it for like a pre-rendered cutscene. but um, kind of a disappointment there. But uh, I mean, Hey, what do you want? It's free DLC. I still think it's great. Um, It runs well on switch. The only thing that sucks is like longer load times when you die. Uh, and like it is a game that's running on the switch and and it certainly looks like it's on the switch um so it's not as crisp and as high resolution as you want it but hey it's near automata it still plays great it still looks great it's still a fantastic story uh the only issue that i've really found with it is that um the audio i don't know if this is the audio like from the game itself or if there's something wrong with my headphone connection it sounds a little crackly and a little like uh compressed i think is the right word for it um i'm not getting that issue with the same headphones on other games that i'm using it on so i think it is a game issue but i don't know what's up with that or if that was in the original i just never noticed it but um yeah it could just be androids but yeah it could just be them too that them compressing the audio to a point where it's just not as high quality to save disk space because audio can sometimes be a huge part of a um, a game file maybe i don't know yeah it's just one but. of those things where like i noticed it it's not ruining my enjoyment of it but i was like no oh, i wish this was a little bit clearer but um near Tom is awesome <laughs> oh. uh, and i'll say this was my first time playing the switch for a substantial amount of time the switch oled excuse me for a, a substantial amount of time in handheld i've mostly just been playing it connected to a tv which kind of defeats the purpose yeah, of yeah. Buying an OLED. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh holy shit they should have advertised that kickstand more that it's kickstand's like, awesome. It's like legit. It's like a, a piece of almost like metal, right? A, like it like feels hefty. It feels you, really tight and it feels really like solid. Like it is it is something that I can't believe wasn't advertised a little bit more, uh, especially when compared to how laughable and flimsy the kickstand on the original on like the original switch is. Uh, I assumed it would be something similar to that. Just like a flimsy piece of plastic. But no, it is. It's just so good. So hell yeah. Yeah, there you go. Near Automata. Still a good game, believe it or not, all these years later. Crazy. Crazy. You know what else is crazy? We're at the end of our show. Thanks so Aww. much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Don't be sad. There's okay. 114 of these. There's, if you haven't, if, I imagine you probably haven't listened to every single episode. Um, uh, I have. 
you're you, you know what's great justin you're kind of the quality assurance person like i edit the episode and i put it out and then you're like hey there's like this audio fuck up right here i'm like oh you're right my bad but i um, can't check my own damn spelling on things that's like <laughs> <laughs> hey sometimes it happens sometimes it happens um yeah so there you go uh that is our show go ahead and if you would be so kind go ahead and rate us on the podcast player uh of your choice that you're listening to a song give us five stars it really helps us out uh also if you want to join our discord server link to that is in the description of the episode follow us on twitter at hitbox pod uh or become a patreon producer uh, like the two deluxe patreon producers we have jay Knoll and dave parker hitbox uh patreon.com slash hitbox pod three dollars a month you get an additional bonus episode every single week uh we're recording it today talking about party games it's gonna be a lot of fun you don't want to miss it you don't want to miss it i'll say it i've said it there um justin am i forgetting anything here no you get you got everything you nailed it speaking of nailing though i during the course of this recording i had a thumbtack that I was playing with that I dropped on the floor and I can't find it. Oh, and, I am and that's worried, gone. I'm worried I will suddenly and randomly find it while we're recording our bonus episode. Will I? You should subscribe to find out. Well, the question is, are you going to find it with your foot? I mean, I would assume that would be where I would find oh, it. Oh, that's what um, you meant? Yeah. I see. Or it could have maybe something like the crevasse of my seat that I'll somehow like adjust and like, you'll know. You'll know. I guess it's just taking time bomb at this point. It is, and is, and, and again, you you might see see sparks happen if you hey. are one of our deluxe members. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye, bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>